I think the ultimate lesson really is just like being your most bold, authentic self. That's really all you can give yourself in this life. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. Tessa is here with us today. Hello, hello. How is everyone? Happy Friday. I think people have noticed that we've not had a Wisdom Wednesday this week. Oh, are we getting feedback? What's happening? What, what is are we happening? <laughs> what are we saying? I don't know. Are we telling everybody that we're taking a little break? Well, we did. We mentioned that at our last Wisdom Wednesday that it would kind of be like a season finale. Yes. As it were. But we do have a finale finale topic coming up that I'm super excited oh. for. Should we keep it a secret? Yeah, don't tell. Okay. Because I don't want to give it away. I think yeah. it's it's good. It'll be a fun, something to look forward to, friends, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So as you can hear... <laughs> <laughs> I sound a little, I sound worse than I feel, actually. Hmm, that's good. I, I nice. hope that by the time you all hear this, I'm no longer sounding like this. <laughs> like trying to be careful with what I say. Look, I believe in the power of manifestation. And I'll tell you right now, I have not been feeling well the last two weeks. There's been a couple of little bugs going around. I am 1000% sure that I caught it. And I'm just trying to like navigate my best. There's also this thing too, where somebody pointed out that I have been operating on all of the cylinders lately. And that could also not be a helpful component with my immune system. For sure. I mean, your body is going to tell you, hey, it's time to rest. Yeah. And then if you don't listen, your body will be like, now you have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> you are resting. <laughs> well, so what's what's this week been like for you? It's been really busy. So I also feel like I am operating on all the cylinders. Although I feel like I really thrive in summertime with the sunlight, with the heat. That's like usually the time where I feel most alive and energetic. So I kind of ride that wave. But yeah, it's just been busy and I've been go, go, go. And this is the busy of my own making, right? Yeah. It's exciting stuff. But yeah, I'm just kind of riding that summer wave of high energy yeah. situations. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. No, this is good. I, same seas. I was really thinking about you a lot during this interview today that we have because mm -hmm. a lot of it had to do with being inspired and creativity and just in the way that this author had her process got me really excited about you and the ideas that you have and the ideas that we've talked about. And so 
I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on this episode. We have a very special guest today. Ariana Davis is a new... I like to call them fast friends. It sounds a little odd, right? When you say, oh, this has become a fast friend. But you know, when you meet people in your life sometimes, I always find it fascinating because I feel like intellectually... You have the friends that you have. And sometimes I feel like, oh, there's no way I could ever find friends like the ones that I have. Mm. But then you meet certain people and then you realize, oh, wow, I absolutely can find really great people and really great friends in my life and people that are inspiring to me, even when I think that it's not possible. I think it's similar to when you break up with somebody and you feel like you're not going to ever find a love like that again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so interesting too how we get so attached to this idea or particular outcome with this one person, whether it's romantic or platonic. And it gets a little bit, it feels to me like I get personally a little bit blindsided and I forget that there's so many other, there's so many fishes in the sea. Yeah, <laughs> There's so many amazing people out there. We all have this uniqueness and we're, we gravitate towards some personalities over others. And it's, it's like this constant discovery, which can be really exciting if you think about it from yeah. that wider admire, lens. Yeah, absolutely. And I admire people that can be open like that all the time, you know, yeah. because it definitely is something to aspire to. I, I love being friendly. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm friendly with everybody. I, I love people. I love talking to people and, getting to know them, but there is a specific, we've talked about this before. There's a specific type of secret sauce that certain people have that you could just see their light and their gifts. And I think that Mm -hmm. for Ariana, when I met her, there was something so special about her. The minute that she walked into the room, I could just sense and see that she really was somebody that was full of life and excited and somebody that's very inspired and very motivated. And so I'm excited. Obviously, I was excited to make friends with her and and to spend some time with her and to also have her on the show. Ariana is an author, writer, and the editorial director of Today Digital. Growing up with a passion for writing, she delved into the world of journalism, uh, which she talks about at length. And Ariana began her career at Oprah Daily and rose to become their former senior director of editorial and strategy. She's She recently wrote uh, What Would Frida Do? A Guide to Living Boldly, came out in 2020. So she's just an inspiring light beam, like everything Rosie was just saying. To me, she exudes this really vibrant youth, which is inspiring in the way that when you think about somebody who's young, there's almost this audacity to be bold before we edit ourselves, like later on in life when we're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm too old. Oh, I can't do that. I'm too, it's too late for me. I didn't start young enough. So I found Ariana really inspiring in the way that it was like... Just that vibrant youth, that energy that comes with with that. Yeah. We also talk about imposter syndrome and we talk about what it actually means to live boldly. So with that being said, here is my conversation with Ariana Davis. 
If you're a business owner, the last thing you want to be spending your time doing is handling payroll, employee benefits, time off requests, and everything else that comes along with managing a team. Let Gusto take these tasks off your plate. Even though I'm a little bit of an admin geek, I really appreciate Gusto's backend platform. It makes it so easy to keep track of everything that's going on with our payroll and our benefits. They also have really great team management tools. Gusto makes it easy to support your hardworking team in one intuitive platform. Gusto is loved by both businesses and employees. For businesses, having everything in one place is a game changer. No more jumping from application to application. With Gusto, most customers are able to run payroll in 10 minutes or less, and Gusto helps with the hard stuff too. Filing payroll taxes, compliance, new state tax registration, international contractor payments in 90 countries, and counting. So join us and the more than 200,000 new and growing businesses that are using Gusto to build great workplace for their employees. Right now, Gusto is offering our listeners three months free at gusto.com forward slash loved. You'll get easy payroll benefits, HR, and a happier team. Just go to gusto.com forward slash loved for your first three months free. That's gusto.com forward slash loved. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Radically the Radically Loved Podcast. Sorry, guys. I'm literally choking. I just downed a turmeric smoothie. I'm actually really excited to introduce you to my new friend, Ariana Davis. She is the editorial director of Today Digital, overseeing news, trending, and lifestyle across today's digital platforms. She was previously senior director of editorial and strategy at Oprah Daily. Ariana is the author of What Would Frida Do? A Guide to Living Boldly, inspired by the life of icon Frida Kahlo. And this book was so incredibly good. It really inspired me. Honestly, reading this is what propelled me to book my writer's retreat when I went to Santa Fe and stayed at that haunted place. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can refer back to the Wisdom Wednesday episode where I talk about this really bizarre experience (laughs) that happened. But anyway, Ariana is a badass. She is such an incredibly inspiring writer, author. And we met when we were both at the Latino Hive in Napa earlier this year. We became fast friends. And I'm excited to share this conversation with all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I love that we met in Napa Valley, California, and now we're here virtually. This is amazing. We, you know, this is the one thing I talk about on the podcast all the time. When you meet special people, you just know, and there's nothing like creating a connection with somebody right away when you just find those people. And I'm very much of the belief system, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but the right people come into your life at the perfect moment. And I just felt like I had just been talking about wanting to bring more female friendships in my life. I'm like, I'm just looking for more women. Like, I just want to be surrounded by more women. I just want to be able to connect with more women. And literally that week, me, you and Janina just 
created our little pod. And we're also very much codependent. I'm going to call us codependent. <laughs> we like found our, our little pod and we yeah. just hung out with each other the entire time. No, I mean, it's so true. I think, I mean, I think making new friends at any age is hard, but I think like the older you get, the more it's just like, you know, it's just assume like you have your crew by the time you're in your thirties. And so me, anytime I go to someplace new, I'm an extrovert in that, like, I think I'm extroverted when it comes to like work and, you know, I love talking about my book and like my work and things like that. But when it comes to like meeting new people, making friends, I always get a little awkward and shy. So I feel like as soon as we all met, like, like literally you and I were like next to each other on like some type of exercise at this conference. And then I was like, Oh, we just connected. Great. Here's my friend for the rest of the trip. Oh, okay. That's it. And I was like, I, but here, my job here is done. I, I'll mingle, but like, this is my core group. Yeah, so anyway, I couldn't agree more. Same. Oh, I love that so much. Well, I really enjoyed reading this. And one thing oh, that I will say, so. and I'm holding up if you're not watching the video, which you should, if you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel, guys, come on, let's, let's, <laughs> let's ramp up these downloads. What would Frida do? A guide to living boldly. So when I finished this, it really helped. I had been wanting to do a writer's retreat. I wanted to really focus on my next project. And I talked about this, actually, I've talked about this on the podcast before that after reading this, it really inspired me, like sort of Frida's way of being so bold and being able to just follow her creativity. And and I just felt like, you know what, if I don't give myself the time and the energy to focus on my creativity, it's just not going to happen. And so I want to say that this is what inspired me to make that, to book myself out, to like give myself that retreat and, and be able to really focus on my next project. So the first question I want to ask, and I have a whole list and I'm sure we, we're probably not going to get through all of the questions that I have, but I want to know... I mean, you're a writer. Like, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? What what happened within you that you felt like this is going to be my medium of communication? Mm, great question. First of all, I'm so glad that the book inspired you in that way. I think that I like to think I feel like with the book, I was just like a medium in a way for like this like inner energy of Frida yeah. and creativity. Yeah. So I think that like my number one wish for that book and hope for anyone who reads it is that they will be inspired creatively and that maybe they'll like, whether it's to like pick up a pen and just draw or to write our book of their own or whatever it is. So that makes me really happy. I think, yeah, I am one of those rare people. I, I've always been very grateful for the fact that I, I've known from a very young age what I wanted to do. I I remember I was in the, I think I was in third grade when I wrote a book for my mom about a monster and a skeleton who were best friends. And I like illustrated it and like wrote a whole story. And then I remember like, you know, just in school, teachers always telling my parents, like your daughter, you know, is a good writer. And so I think part of it is just kind of connecting with something as a kid. And then I think part of it was also just like that affirmation throughout my life of like teachers and my parents really affirming that like, you know, you're good at something and you're good at this thing. Just had always having heard that. I was also a very big bookworm as a kid. I was like shy, middle child, nerdy, awkward kid in school. Books were my refuge. So reading all the Babysitter's Club and all those like middle school books, like I just, I was a reader, writer from a very young age. And it was one of those things I always knew, but it wasn't, you know, once I got to the college phase, I, I went to study at Penn State. And when it came to 
you know, deciding what I wanted to do was like, you know, writing books sounds lovely, but like most people don't make a living off of that. So my dad was the one who was like, what about like journalism? You could be writing, you know, for, as a career, but more kind of like in a AKA in a way that will make you a little money, not much, but more <laughs> than probably being an author. And I also, you know, I, I love to read the newspaper and things like that. So I ended up pursuing the path of journalism, but always still having the goal of wanting to write a book eventually and just writing creatively and for myself on the side. Yeah, I've read a lot of your articles and trying to prepare for this. So I I have, especially after reading this book, I have a a pretty keen sense to your style, which I really love. And actually, that was one of the things that I really loved about what would Frida do was that it was both biographical and also a self-help type of book. So I love that you were able to intertwine those messages together. And I'm curious for you, I know that writing about Freed, I know the process that you went through and I'd really love for you to tell people like what your process was in writing and, and how you traveled to Mexico to sort of get that inspiration. Why did you decide to do the combination as opposed to just doing like a biographical book? Yeah. So, you know, this book, honestly, I like to be transparent. It kind of fell in my lap. I, like I said, I've always wanted to write a book, but I always figured like one day when I'm older and I have time and I'm retired or whatever. And in my career, I worked at Refinery29 and then I was working at Oprah Magazine running their website at the time. And someone from Push Up Books and an agent reached out to me and they basically said, you know, they've been thinking about publishing more books on female empowerment. And they've been thinking about Frida and her legacy and how it feels like a good time to maybe revisit her story for a new generation. And they started asking around and thinking about writers. And a former colleague of mine from Refinery29 was like, you have to talk to Ariana Davis. She's obsessed with Frida. So they reached out to me and you know, they were like, would you have any interest in writing a book about Frida? If so, you know, what would it be? And I had just started a new, very kind of like, uh, intense job running a website for Oprah. So it was kind of like, when would I have time to write a book just casually on the side, you know, Mm, just like how, but I was like, you know, this is too good of an opportunity. And my immediate gut reaction was if I were to write something about Frida as someone who I've been obsessed with her since high school, I watched the, the movie for me was really what sparked the obsession. I knew of her art and just being Latina and kind of having seen her around, but it was learning her story that really helped me fall in love with her. So for me, I was like, there's been a movie starring Selma Hayek. There's been plenty of biographies written about her. Hayden Herrera is like the Frida expert who wrote a like 900 page biography about her in in the eighties. So I was like, for me, if I'm going to tell Frida's story, I want to do it in a way that will bring something new to the table that will potentially like tell her story for a new generation the TikTokers and the Instagrammers who are posting her quotes and her photos everywhere. I want to make sure that they know her story. But at the same time, it's also as someone who's been inspired by Frida herself, sharing the lessons that I've learned and that I think we can all learn from someone who lived so far ahead of her time. Yeah, I love that. What was it about Frida's life that impacted you the most? If you could say there was a poignant event or art piece Yeah. No, I mean, there's this one story that always comes to mind when I think about that. It's, you know, Frida. So this was like the 1930s. So for women in any part of the world, but especially patriarchal Mexico and and being, you know, being a Latina, being Mexican, it was not a time far away from a time of like feminism or encouraging women to speak up or, you know, to outshine their husbands or anything like that. And 
she at the time was married to this huge artist, Diego Rivera. He was the, during their lifetime, the famous artist, he was the one very well known for his murals, you know, internationally Mm -hmm. all around the world. And there's the story of, you know, she, they got married in the twenties, you know, they were traveling through the thirties to various cities as he was doing different projects. And at one point when they were getting off a plane, a reporter asked her like, you know, something about, about like, tell me about your husband's art or what do you think about having such, you know, such a famous husband? And she said something like Diego does all right for a little boy, but it is I who am the great artist. And like, every time I think about that story and I remember hearing that story a long time ago and just thinking like, imagine this like five foot few inches, you know, Mexican woman in the 1930s before women were like being given all these messages about be bold, be empowered, all this stuff. And she just like had this belief in herself and this confidence and this boldness to like not care what society told her and to believe in what she wanted to do and her passion and her belief that she was an artist and she even believed better than her husband. And so that story always just made me be like, this woman is bad, was badass. Like, and that energy, I think, is so much of what you feel and see in her work. And I think that it's just so amazing when you think about how much staying power her work and her image and her story has had long after she died. It's been decades since she died. And we still see her now more than ever than we even did during her lifetime. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you reference, obviously, the subtitle of the book is A Guide to Living Boldly. I'm so inspired by any woman, any person, but especially women that can take that initiative and have the audacity to be that bold, to be that, I don't know, like not boisterous, but to be that courageous, right? To be, to have that internal agency to say, no, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing and this is who I want to be. This episode is brought to you by Aura Organic. I have struggled with stomach problems my entire life. The more I learned about gut health, the more I was able to understand the importance of probiotics. Enter Aura Organic. Aura's Trust Your Gut probiotic and prebiotic supplement contains some of the world's most powerful probiotic strains, along with the prebiotics to help the good bacteria thrive in your gut so your probiotics work smarter, not harder. And this is why it's important because they provide great support for bloating and common digestive issues. It's a healthy mix of probiotics in your gut that have also been linked to having a strong immune system and can even impact your mood. They contain highly researched probiotic strains that are resistant to stomach acid and can colonize the small and large intestines where they have had their greatest health benefits. And how do we know it works? Because Aura has over 10,000 five-star reviews from happy online customers. Aura sources only the purest and most powerful plants with real health benefits like organic maca from the mountains of Peru or ceremonial grade matcha from Japan. And how do we know it's clean? Because Aura is radically transparent. They are obsessive about quality control and they test every batch of product with a third-party accredited lab and publishes the test results for you to view on their website. You can try Aura products today and if you're not happy for any reason, within 60 days, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Get 30% off of your first subscription when you text LOVED to 64000. Text L-O-V-E-D 
to 64,000 and get 30% off of your first subscription. That's loved to 64,000. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply available at Aura Organic forward slash terms. I'm curious for you and, and I'm happy to, to share my experience too. What's something in your life, what's a decision that you've made that you can be like, okay, that was me being bold. Like that was something that normally I would not, I'm doing air quotes, normally would not do, but that felt very much like there was another energy that just took over and helped me make this decision or say this thing or speak up in this meeting. Is there an instance like that that you can think of? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like I've had a lot of those moments and especially since the book came out, I feel like I now have this added pressure on myself of like, girl, you wrote a book about living boldly. So like anytime you're like, <laughs> that's going to be my next thing, you know, like you kind of got to say yes. Cause like, you know, you're the bold girl now. I mean, it's been great in that way because I feel like the book itself honestly is what comes to mind for me because like I said, you know, I've always wanted to write a book, but it was something that you know, I didn't think I would do until I was quote unquote more established. I also, it's Frida Kahlo. She's one of the most iconic women of her time. And to write a book that was historically accurate, that also was on a pretty tight deadline. I basically wrote it start to finish in a year. I'm Latina, I'm Puerto Rican, but I'm not Mexican. So it was like, okay, I want to make sure that culturally I'm like, you know, making sure that everything is, is accurate. And then I'm paying homage and respect. And there were just a lot of elements to writing the book that there was many moments where I was like, this is either going to be too much work or I'm not qualified or, you know, imposter syndrome or many of those things. But I just remember there was just this feeling inside of me of like, who could say no to this opportunity? Like, there's just no way. And I kind of just had to push through the fear and the insecurities. And I always remember like the moment that I like hit send on the contract, like, you know, I signed the contract and I was like, all right, I'm doing this. Like it's official. There's no backing out of it now. So, you know, I think there's definitely been moments like that or even moments in my career when I when it's come to job opportunities. Like, I think the biggest thing was, I mentioned I always wanted to be a writer. I got into journalism, was always behind the camera. But when I was at Refinery29, someone came to me and asked if I'd ever considered doing on-camera work because they thought that, like, I would be a good addition to, like, their on-camera people on the team. And I was just like me, like I'm shy. I'm the, I'm the, like behind, I'm the behind the scenes writer girl. Like I'm not, I didn't study broadcast journalism. She asked me a few times and finally I was like, sure. Like I'll, you know, I'll come to do like a, a casting. And then next thing you know, I was interviewing Hillary Clinton on camera and doing like live interviews. And this was in, during the age of where Facebook live was really big. So I was doing a lot of things live. And that was a wild time where I think it, it just took me having to do the bold thing, even though my like nerves in my stomach were saying like, do not do this. Everything else in me was like, just do the bold thing. Yeah. I mean, that to me is the epitome of being able to step into your power and be able to take an opportunity and put your mark, right? Like create your mark, create your space, utilize your voice. And, and I I love it. I mean, I think it's so great. Hello friends, I want to tell you about Kachava, my all-in-one daily super blend. If you're worried you aren't getting all the nutrients you need or struggling to stay on top of your health, then listen up because Kachava has you covered. Kachava puts everything in your body it needs in one glass so you can have it all. All the superfoods, all the vitamins, all the omegas, all the adaptogens, all the greens, all the proteins, all the benefits for your gut, your skin, your hair, your brain, your muscles, your heart, your whole health. 
No more compromise, no more guilt, no other nutrition shake does it all like this. They travel to the ends of the earth to source them all and crush it up. Cachava is a powder you take two scoops, just add water, blend it up, and it tastes incredible. They have five delicious flavors. Chocolate and chai are my personal favorite. I drink cachava for breakfast and it keeps me full for hours. There's no way I could get all of these nutrients in my normal diet. And trying to manage all of the supplements and the ingredients you should be taking, I mean, it's a little overwhelming and very expensive. But now Cachava makes clean, organic, superfood nutrition accessible to everyone. You've got to try Cachava for yourself. Cachava is offering 10% off for a limited time. Go to Cachava.com forward slash loved spelled K-A-C-H-A-V-A and get 10% off of your first order. That's K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com forward slash loved to get 10% off for a limited time. Kachava.com forward slash loved. I want to go back to what you said about imposter syndrome. And I don't know if you remember, but while we were at the Latino Hive, there was some conversation about this. And I'm I'm curious, I did a little bit of homework and the two women that came up with the imposter syndrome ideation, I guess, or an analysis. Um, It was happening during a time when women were going into the workplace. And so the idea of imposter syndrome was really directed at women entering into the workplace and being in this very competitive place, uh, especially in the late 80s, you know, when, when women were really coming up as attorneys and CEOs and like they were sort of moving up the ranks. Actually, this wasn't in the 80s. I can't remember exactly what year it is. So I'm going to have to, we're going to have to fact check this. But I'm curious for you, like how this idea of imposter syndrome, how do we navigate moving through it? Because I know for me, when I first started teaching and I was doing this work, especially in the wellness space where there weren't a lot of black and brown people doing, teaching a lot of yoga classes in LA. It was definitely not the majority. I remember feeling like, oh, like I was a fraud or like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't good enough or I hadn't studied long enough or yeah, like I felt like a yoga fraud, right? Like I didn't have what it takes to be able to make it in in this space. And I think we can really navigate through that by showing up and just doing the best that we can. So I'm curious for you in encountering imposter syndrome, what are some ways that you navigate through it? Yeah, I that panel really... I remember that um, someone on the panel kind of questioned this idea of imposter syndrome because it basically insinuates that like there is an ideal that those of us who are not the ideal should automatically feel like imposters. So it's like, if the ideal is a white man, then it's like, well, anyone who's not a white man should feel imposter syndrome. But it's like, who says that the ideal is a white man, even though yes, our society sets us up to believe that to be so. So it is, it is really complex when you break it down that way. But I think for me, it it was a term that I remember learning about when I was a young journalist. And I remember actually doing a story on about it and, and interviewing some experts and just realizing like, oh, wow, this is something I feel often, which is just 
this questioning of what, like, you know, you're given an opportunity or you experience an accomplishment or a success and it's immediately being like, why me? Am I good enough? I don't know if I, if I deserve to be here. And, you know, this, as the saying usually goes, they say that men and specifically like cisgender, you know, white men don't normally have that same line of thinking, but yeah. like those of us who are black and brown and women are automatically the ones that are like, Oh my God, do I belong here? So I definitely, I think struggled with a lot more earlier when I, in my like twenties, I think. And especially I think having gone from, like I mentioned, I was a really shy introverted kid. And I think I like blossomed more in college and, and, and into my twenties. And so I often struggled with this internal feeling of like, how is it like this like bookworm nerd of a kid is like suddenly now like finding herself in these situations and like, do I belong here? Was this an accident? How did this happen? But I think the older I got the, and the more experience I got, the more I think, and again, I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think affirmation, just anytime I would get good feedback, either from an editor or a friend or a significant other, whatever it was, I think that maybe it's my love language, but I think anytime I was affirmed or kind of told like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're good at this or good job. Or, you know, those things I started to finally over time after hearing enough of it, I started to believe like all of these people wouldn't be saying these things if it weren't, if there weren't, weren't some kernel of truth there. So I think that like getting that affirmation is a, is a good tool to kind of battling that imposter syndrome. Even if it's like reaching out to a friend or being like, I'm feeling a little insecure right now. Like I need a, yeah. a bestie cheerleader talk right now or whatever it is. I, I think it. that that, that, can, that can go, I think it can go a long way. Yeah, I love this. So I want to just do a quick fact check. The term imposter syndrome was coined by two psychologists, doctors Clant and Imes, in the late 70s after spending years counseling high accomplished professors, administrators, and students who were extremely concerned with being exposed as a fraud. They often attributed their success to extreme overwork or relationships that protected and or elevated them. People with imposter syndrome struggle to internalize accomplishments. Imposter syndrome is not a psychological disorder and over 70% of people in the U.S. report that they have experienced it at least once, which I think is really, it's pretty accurate. But I think I agree along the lines of what you're saying is that it's very rare that I've ever encountered a man who's had the experience of, of that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm... I'm curious for you with regard to your creativity, your creative endeavors. I know that you work 24-7. Hello, you've got like (laughs) a majorly demanding job and you have a lot of projects in the works. So I'm curious how you nourish or nurture your creativity. Mm, I love the idea of nourishing or nurturing your creativity. I am a big, I think that by, I've realized a few years back that like, I think the biggest hindrance of my creativity is definitely the internet. It's just like, I think anytime I'm like super plugged in and like just doing the thing where without even thinking about it, I'm just opening Instagram or I'm opening Twitter or I'm like, you know, checking my email. It's like, I just know myself and I, I think this would apply for most people, but I, I will all speak for myself. And then I think anytime so many parts of your brain are just automatically, you know, interacting and engaging with something constantly, it's like, I just think all of your creativity and brain power goes to that thing. So for me, if I do want to work on a book or I do have an idea or something comes to me, I know it's like, okay, if I really want to actually be my most creative self and feel that like 
flow of like when you're just feeling your most creative and everything is going, I know that I just have to completely unplug. And also a change of scenery always really helps me. I think there's just something about being, in a, and I don't even mean like, oh, getting on a plane, but like even just like walking in my neighborhood without my phone or without any music and just like, you know, having birds chirping and like looking around and actually like paying attention to what's in front of you. That really goes a long way. So I'm a big proponent. I love taking walks whenever I have like writer's block or I just need a beat or I, you know, I have a presentation and I need to think of something. My go-tos are taking walks, taking a long shower or a bath. Cause like, that's another place where like, again, you're disconnected. You're just in like a little space where all you have is the room to think. And I also, I, I do love a little solo writer's trip. That's like my little, my little, whenever I am working on something you mentioned it, when I worked on what we're free to do, I took a solo trip to Mexico city for like research and writing. That was amazing. Right after I ended my last job before I took my new job at today, I took myself on a, on a little writer's sheet retreat on like a cheap little cabin in the Catskills. So I just love to like be by myself and just turn off all the noise for a minute. That's my usual way, but it's not yeah. always easy. I will, I will say. <laughs> no, but I think making a point to do it is so vital for our ability to go into the flow of our ideas. If we don't give our ideas the time to expand and we don't give our ideas the time to really percolate and amalgamize, it's going to be very difficult for us to create that next project or to actually focus our energy. And here's the thing. A lot of us have these ideas. Maybe there's a book we want to do, right? Or there's a podcast that we want to create, or there's an article that we want to write or a script or a movie or whatever it may be. The creative muse is constantly working. So if you're thinking about it, you're working on it. You're allowing the ideas to come to fruition, to join and begin to integrate. How are you supposed to let these ideas come to fruition if you're not allowing the space for it? right? We're always putting things off like, oh, I'll do it this weekend. Or once I'm done with this work thing, I'm going to do it then instead of even providing five to 10 minutes a day to allow those ideas to expand and create the space that it needs. Yeah, no, 1000%. And I think I, you know, a lot of writers talk about this. It's like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, including yours. And I like a lot of like, self-help and creativity podcasts, but also like interviews with writers. And I feel like the common thing you always hear is like, sometimes you just have to make the time. Like it's not sexy. It's not like, you know, oh, I was just like meditating and this idea came to me. Like sometimes you literally just have to force it. You have to put in your schedule. You have to carve out the time. Everyone is busy. For me, it's mostly work. I know people have kids, they have families, they like are juggling a million different things. And so I think that Sometimes it is like, maybe you just really have to put on your calendar, like 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it is of just literally like, you know, time for meditation or time just for yourself or time for a walk, even if it's just like a little quick one. But I think clearing that headspace is so important. Oh, I love that. Hi, friends. I want to share my latest discovery with all of you. Listen in as I guarantee this is the hottest, super nutrient packed new product to boost your brain and overall well being on the market. Okay, hear me out. 
As soon as I tried this product, I became a super fan of it and I was just blown away with the immediate results. I felt focused, my mind was clear. It just doubled my mental performance. It became my go-to routine for productivity, immune support, and even healthy and glowing skin. I mean, who doesn't want healthy and glowing skin? This product was developed after long years of research by most of the advanced brain chemists and formulator today. You probably have heard about the superpowers of mushroom extracts and collagen. So guess what? The product I want to share with you today contains the most hyper-concentrated forms of four of the best health-boosting mushrooms, lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and reishi, collagen, and Peruvian cacao. This magic in a jar is called Collagenius. I mean, Collagenius. It's brilliant. When you combine the cultivating powers of the four mushrooms mentioned here with the various benefits of collagen, it is truly the most effective way to energize your brain and your body. It's genius, it's delicious, it's effective. All you have to do is you can add it to your coffee, put it into your matcha, or you can mix it with water. The smooth chocolatey drink will definitely find its way into your daily routine. And the most important thing is that it will fuel your brain and body with all day energy without any jitters or crashes. So if you struggle with brain fog, have difficulty focusing, and you want to repair your brain in the most natural way, don't wait and check out this product today. It just launched and I believe it will be sold out soon. So don't wait to check on it until like after you've listened to the podcast, do it now. All of these links are always in the show notes. So if you just go to the info button, wherever you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, just click the link. It's www.newtopia.com forward slash radically loved genius and use the promo code radically loved 10 during checkout to save 10%. And that 10% goes a long way. Let me tell you, Newtopia, the company which makes Collagenius is so confident that you're going to love this product. They will offer 365 days money back guarantee. And I guarantee those two guarantees in one that it won't be the case for you. Again, the special link is www.newtopia.com forward slash radically loved genius and use the code radically loved 10 during checkout to save 10%. Do it now. Your brain will thank you for it. That's www.newtopia.com forward slash radically loved genius and use radically loved 10 during checkout. I have two more questions for you. Yeah. One is when you wrote this incredible book, What Would Frida Do? What was your desire for the reader to feel or to leave with? Ooh, it's hard to narrow it down to one, but I, I think the number, the two things I think are, I wanted the reader to leave feeling emboldened and inspired to do anything that they have ever been afraid of or to push past that feeling of fear that we often get whenever something comes in our way that whether it's, you know, a new job or do I want to have kids or do I want to say yes to this conference in California or whatever it is, you know, that may give you a little bit of pause. I literally now having written this, ask myself, what would Frida do? And anytime I feel like I, I come up against any type of conundrum or any type of thing where I'm like, oh, I don't know, should I do this? Am I scared? Like whatever it is. And I really wanted to share 
those lessons and that, that boldness with readers, because I do think that it's like, anytime I really think about Frida and her story and the fact that she had this horrible accident at 18 that like left her with so many injuries and illnesses and a lifetime of pain. And she pushed through all of that. And even through a roller coaster marriage and all the many obstacles life put in her way. And she still was fearless and badass and didn't take any shit and just was like exactly her most authentic self. So I just, in sharing her story and sharing the lessons that I've learned from her, I think the ultimate lesson really is just like being your most bold, authentic self. That's really all you can give yourself in this life. That's so good. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Where can people go for more information or to connect with you? Oh, I am most active on Instagram. (laughs) Like, come interact with me. No, I, I genuinely, I know it sounds cliche, but I think social media does get a bad rep and I do, as I mentioned, have to disconnect from it often, but I also feel like in a great way, it's, I love that I get to connect with people and it's like people over the world, either who have read my book or just like a random person that I happen to come across on someone else's post. So anyways, that's why I get excited, but I'm on Instagram. I'm at Ariana G-A-B. So it's Ariana one R and two N's. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at Ariana G Davis. And the book is available pretty much wherever you find your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. If you want to support an independent bookseller, you can go to bookshop.org to find one near you. And it's also uh, an, an audiobook and it's available now in Spanish as well. So yes, yeah. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. So all of the links that Ariana just mentioned will be in the show notes. So if you're listening to this or you're watching this on YouTube, just go to the description or the info button and all of those links will be provided there. So you can go directly to order the book, buy the book, support female authors. You guys know how I feel about this. Please make sure you do that. Maybe buy a copy for a friend and connect with Ariana there. She posts some really great content on Instagram. Her Instagram feed is Liddy. So can I tell everyone how we wandered into a bookstore together? And oh found my goodness. Yes. Tell that story next to each other. So Rosie and I were in, at, you know, at this conference and our hotel was coincidentally across the street from an indie bookstore. And we just wandered in and we were like, do you think we're like, what are the odd uh, notes? smaller bookstore they probably won't have our books and especially I didn't think they would have mine because Rosie's is newer so I was like they probably will have hers and not mine but long story short we like were wandering around neither of us saw it we're getting ready to leave and then we coincidentally saw both of our books both in the self-help section yes two shelves near each other and it was just such a lovely moment and I immediately I actually started on the plane home back to New York I started listening to the audiobook because I wanted to hear Rosie reading it herself. And uh, I just love everything you do. I love the book. I love the podcast. So it was an honor to be here today. It's truly, I truly mean it. And thank you for the work that you do. Oh, same sister. Same. I <laughs> I really just love you so much. And I, I'm inspired by you. I feel like I've known you forever. It really does feel like a right? good deal. Yeah. It's like a kinship, like a connection, like family, you know, that's what it feels yeah. like. And, and I, I really am so grateful for that. So thank you for saying that. And yeah, it was a very, to me, I think the best part was how similar we were. We're like, oh, they're not going to have our books. And we we're just kind of <laughs> like, oh, and then we were both really <laughs> surprise it was amazing so so great okay final question I asked all of my guests and I'm just really curious what your answer is gonna be I started the podcast as a place to create a community to provide support to provide insight to let the world know that we are radically loved and radically supported so 
how do you feel radically loved? Mm, I feel radically loved by myself. I feel that I am <laughs> just saw the, the hands in the air. I think that I have always been really good about being in touch with myself and when I need love and care and when I need a little self-love, when I need that like Netflix binge on the couch because I just got to like have that moment with a great show or when I want to get lost in a book or when I need that writer's retreat or I'm just hungry or I need to go to the gym. I don't know. I just, I think that like I'm pretty in tune with myself and no matter how busy I get, I try my best, I think, to radically love myself and always just take care of me because I think at the end of the day, it's like, that's, you know, she's who I'm with for the rest of my life. So I I do try my best to radically love myself. And I also think my, I'm radically loved by my dog, Leo, because he just loves me with a band. He loves me with a band and it is the best. So. Oh my goodness. Do you remember when we were doing the kid thing? We're showing the dog pictures. I was obsessed. (laughs) Totally. We were like, everyone was like showing their actual children and and we were like, here are our dogs. Here are our children. (laughs) So that's amazing. Ariana, thank you so much. I am so grateful for you and grateful for the work that you do and for, yeah, I mean, you're, what you do in the world is so important and it's so inspiring. And I'm just grateful that you are in a position where you get to impact millions and millions of people and the work that you're doing will continue to impact millions more. So thank you so much for what you do. Uh, Rosie, I feel, I feel radically loved in this moment. So Yay! thank you for having me so Amazing. much. This is so, this is so great. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share this with a friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.